Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. All right, go ahead and sit down if you would. John and Lindy, come on up here. John is our is our new uh, group's pastor and his wife, Lindy. They have three children, okay? And would you guys welcome them? Show them that you love them. I'm so impressed that they're here today. Their furniture arrived yesterday about 3 o'clock. Some of it arrived, okay? Not all of it. Uh, some is still somewhere between here and Denver. I'm betting on Wichita. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, John is here. He's got a new groups pastor, and we're so excited that he's here. Uh, they've moved from Denver, and uh, uh, they're three children, and I'm so excited they're here. And this is what I want us to do this morning is pray for them. And you're going to hear a little bit more from John in a minute. Would you stretch your hand out? Father, I'm so thankful for John and Lindy for their willingness to move to the other side of the country to come here. Uh, Father, I pray that you would give them patience and strength, and Father, just encourage them every single day. Uh, Father, I, I thank you for John's expertise and the way that you've led him. And Father, I pray that as he comes here, that we would be a, a great team uh, to help people come to know you in a greater way. That he would help us as we try to lead people to you and as we try to show the love of Jesus in this community. So Father, I just simply ask for protection for, uh, for, for John and Lindy for their marriage. I pray that you would pray uh, that you would give protection to their children. And that, that, Father, what we would do would be form a great team that changes this community uh, for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited that they are here. Well, we are starting tomorrow, the 21 Days of Prayer. You can grab a brochure out at the uh, Welcome Center on the inside. It's the next 21 days. Tomorrow, we are praying for our students that are starting back to school. Some has started this week. There are still some that are getting ready to start, but that's where we're going to start tomorrow. For the next 21 days, we are going to release the power of God into our lives, into this church, and into this community. And I believe any time that God's people come together in prayer, great things are going to happen. But I I'm going to tell you what else I know that Satan's going to attack. Uh, so I've been praying for protection, and I've been praying that, that the power of God would raise up in such a way that, that, that Satan would run from this place. And that's what we're asking for. Amen. 21 days of prayer, and, and I hope you'll join me in that. And uh, every day on social media, you'll see what we're prompting you to pray and simply join with us. And I believe that God is going to do some incredible things. Uh, there's an old song, and uh, I'm going to read the words to you. You may or may not recognize this. And so uh, just listen. This is uh, an old song. It says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. How many of you all recognize the words to that song? You guys qualify for a senior discount today, okay? Uh, I'm just telling you, that that's an old one. But I, I want to really focus in on the thought there. Do you realize what the hymn writer is saying? He's saying, God, have you forgotten me? God, have you forgotten me? Now, I'm just going to ask you, how many of you all have ever felt like God's forgotten you? Yeah, that's not really something we would admit in church, is it? But that's not a good church answer. 
Uh, we're not very churchy if we raised our hand. But, but what I want you to understand today as we get into God's Word, that, that, that this is the real truth of the matter is, there are some pretty good people in Bible times that said, God, have you forgotten me? Let me tell you about the first one. He was called a man after God's own heart. And, and, and this is what it says uh, that David said in Psalm 32. He says, uh, why have you forgotten me as if I'm dead? And then again, he, he says, why have you forgotten me? You see, David had felt times in his life that God had forgotten him. Are, are you with me here? Maybe you felt that way. And then there were God's chosen people, the people of Zion. And the interesting thing that when I read what it says about the people of Zion, it says, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. They were God's chosen people, yet what did they believe? That God had forgotten them. I've got one more. It's a name you might recognize from the Bible. Uh, but, but it's a kind of an interesting name, and, and, and the name is Jesus. Let me read to you what he said. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forgotten me? You know, if you've ever felt that way, that God's forgotten you, you're in pretty good company, aren't you? You're in pretty good company. Maybe it's that relationship that you've been in, and it ended badly. And what did you think? God, why? God, where are you? Maybe it's that $1,500 bill that you got to have your car repaired. You're saying, God, I, I, I don't have it. Where are you? Have you, have you forsaken me, God? Maybe you got sick with COVID and you're just thinking, God, maybe it's that medical bill that you've gotten. I think every single one of us at some point in our lives have probably felt like God has forgotten us. This is one. That prodigal child that crushed your heart and you're saying, God, where are you? The message is pretty simple today. And, and this is the sermon in a sentence. God loves us and has not forgotten us. God loves us and has not forgotten us. God loves us and has not forgotten us. And, and my plan today is this, is to give you four reasons so that you can know that God loves you and has not forgotten you. Hopefully at the end of the service you will understand that, that God loves you. But what I, I think we really need to do is we need to turn this into a proclamation, not just a sermon and sentence. So, so this is the way I would say it, is God loves me and he has not forgotten me. Can you say that with me? God loves me and he has not forgotten me. Again, God loves me and he has not forgotten me. God loves me and he has not forgotten me. There are times when I have to shout that to Satan because he keeps on telling me that God couldn't love me because of the things that I've done or the thoughts that I've had or, 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 or just the, the intents of my heart. And so what I want you to be convinced of today before you leave this place is that God loves you and he has not forgotten you.
The first reason we find in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And you can see it up on the screen. And this is what it says up, up there. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Did you get that? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. I know the thoughts I think of you, and they're not bad thoughts. They're good thoughts. I want you to have peace. I want you to have a future. I'm not thinking evil things about you. I don't know about you guys. Somebody texts me or sends me an email. I like it that they're thinking about me. That, that's a good thing, isn't it? Or, or, or better yet, you get a card in the mail, and they've taken the time to write something out. I have a friend in Florida, and about once every three or four weeks, he sends me a card just to let me know that he's praying for me. And I'm so thankful for that. Or, or that phone call that just simply says, hey, I've thought about you, and, and I, I'm doing something about it. Well, that's what God is saying here. He's saying, you are in my thoughts. And it's good to know that you're being thought about. But when I read this and I see this, I want you to understand how these people were thinking. They had found themselves in captivity. They had moved away from God. They had walked away from God. And when you walk away from God, you're walking into captivity. They found themselves there. They were in a foreign land. And what God says to them is this, you're in my thoughts. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. What I'm thinking about is how I can prosper you. I'm thinking about how I can bring you peace. I'm thinking about how, how I can give you a future with me forever. That's what he's thinking about. I think that's pretty amazing. Let me, let me tell you about God's thoughts about us. We, we find him in Psalm 139, the first four verses. Listen to this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Let me stop right there. You know my thoughts. Anybody in here ever have bad thoughts? Today? Okay. Just wondering, just wondering. Let's keep on reading. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before... Before, did you get to, <laughs> before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Anybody here ever said anything mean? Oh, okay, Eli's raising his hand down here, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. That mean word. You ever wonder why God, if he knew it was coming out of your mouth before you ever said it, why he didn't strike you down? But see, that's not in his thoughts. His thoughts are not to, to smite us, not to bring us down, but his thoughts are to bring us peace. His thoughts are to prosper us. His thoughts is to give us a future. And so as I read this, it just is amazing to me is that God wants us to succeed. He knows every action that we've ever done and every action that we're ever going to do. He knows every thought that we have, every attitude that we have or we've ever had. And I've had some bad ones. I've said some bad things and I've done some really dumb things. And you know what? God is still thinking about me and he is still thinking good things about me because he loves me and he has not forgotten about me. That's good stuff. Amen? Amen. You guys are going to have to help the preacher out a little bit today. Okay? I haven't preached for four weeks. I'm a little fired up. And if you guys don't get fired up, I'm coming out there, okay? I'm just telling you right now. Don't make me stop this service and, and whoop you, Okay? <laughs> 
So that's the first one. It's in Jeremiah 29, 11. The second one is in Jeremiah 29, 11. Let me read Jeremiah 29, 11 to you again, but from a different version. From a different version. This is what it says from the, the NIV. The first one was the New King James. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. Not the thoughts this time. I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. The, your, the plans to give you hope and a future. Can I, can I tell you something? In Isaiah 55, 8, it says God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways. Okay, get that in your mind. Now, when God has a thought, can I tell you what it becomes? It becomes a plan. Why? Because when God thinks something, it's going to happen. Because God has the ability to think, then it becomes a plan and then it happens. Whenever I have a thought, if I can capture it, then what do I do? I make a plan. And then once I have a plan, what do I do? I, I try to get it done. But God's thoughts are not like our thoughts because they become plans automatically and they go into action automatically. Are you with me here? So the second reason that we can know that God loves us so that we can know that God loves us and has not forgotten about us is that we are in his plans. We are in his plans. Can I tell you a little bit about this? I want to go back to Psalm 139 and verse 16. This is what God says about us. He says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Can I tell you what God had in his mind before you were even conceived? He had you in mind. You were a thought. You are a plan, and you are in action. That is why I am so against abortion, because that, that is against God's thoughts, against his action, and against his plan. We interrupt that when we take, take a child's life. And I'm just telling you, that's God. He thinks, he plans, and he acts all at once, and we are in that. Now, let me tell you about the people that were in captivity. There were two types of people there. There were the group of people that had sinned and turned their back on God and walked into captivity. They were living out the consequences. There were the second group of people that were there. They were the ones that were born in captivity. They hadn't sinned. They were just there because of the circumstances. Now, I want you to see this, and I want you to understand this because this is so very important. And what, what, what Jeremiah is going to tell them in verse 4 of Jeremiah. Because there are two types of people there. The ones that had sinned and had messed up and the ones that were just there in the circumstances. But I want you to see what it says there in Jeremiah 29 and verse 4. Because this is really important for you to see. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those. And do you catch what it says there? I carried into exile. He had moved them into exile. Why did he move them into exile? Because he wanted to punish them? No, because he wanted to teach them something. He wanted to reveal more of himself to them. But keep on reading here. He says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what, you, what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they, so that they too may have sons and daughters. What Jeremiah is saying for God there in this place, he's saying, you need to bloom where you're planted. You find yourself in captivity. It's not where you want to be. But you know what? You start following me from here. Let me ask you if this ever happens to you. 
I say to myself, Mike, I want to start on a diet next Monday. So it is now next Monday, and what do I say? Mike, I want to start into a diet next Monday. Next Monday. I want to start into a diet next Monday. My plans aren't doing very well, are they? My plans haven't turned into action, have they? I'm not like God who, who has a thought, who has a plan to act all at once. But this is what God is saying here. He's saying, you need to bloom where you were planted. You, God is saying to them, you got to start right where you are. Let me tell you what we do. God, I'm going to follow you next Sunday. And next Sunday, what we say, God, I, I'm going to get my life with you next Sunday. And what God is simply saying is, he says, you start where you are. So here I am. Here I am. I'm in my mess. I, I may be there because of, of a sin in my life. It may be because of, of whatever. And, and what, what happens? I take a step. And what does it tell me in James 4, 8, that if I take a step, what happens? It says, if I come near to God, he'll come near to me. And so what happens? I take a step. He takes a step. I see him more clearly. I want to take another step because I'm seeing him more clearly. And then what happens? I want to take another step. And it all happens when you and I make up our mind that we're going to begin to do what God wants. We're going to begin to, to follow him right where we are. Not, not when we get everything all together, but just as we say we are. And we move in that right direction. I got a word for somebody in this room. Um, God is not mad at you. I was at a church in Tallahassee, Florida. I, I don't even have to tell you the name of the church. It doesn't exist anymore. And you're going to find out why it doesn't exist. The preacher stood up and, uh, at the uh, end of the service. He says, God is as mad as hell at you. I got up and walked out because I don't believe that. Because if I read what I've read to you today, that God's thoughts and that God's plans are to bless and to prosper and to bring peace, then I can't believe that he's mad at me. I can't believe that God is mad at me if he sent his son to die on a cross. And so I want just to tell you today, God is not mad at you. You're in his thoughts, you're in his plans, and he has taken an action called Jesus Christ so that you can spend all of eternity with him. It's that simple, okay? It's that simple. Two reasons. We're in his thoughts, we're in his plans. The third one we find in Isaiah, the 49th chapter in verse 16. And it's talking about the hand of God. The hand of God. And it's kind of interesting. He says that our names, are, that we are engraved on the hand of God. Another translation says we are inscribed there. Another one says we are written on God's hand. I like the amplified version. It says we're indelibly imprinted there. Uh, there's a permanent tattoo. I told my wife I didn't love her enough to get a tattoo because those needles are that long, okay? So I, I'd never have done that. But what God has done is he's loved us so much that he's inscribed us in the palm of his hand. God loves me and he hasn't forgotten me and he's written my name in the palm of his hand. I don't know if you all remember these. There were these things called palm pilots. 
Anybody remember the Palm Pilot? It was supposed to revolutionize our world. We could make our plans and, and keep our lives on there. It was going to be so wonderful. I, I was just a poor campus minister. I couldn't afford one. My Palm Pilot was actually writing things in the palm of my hand, okay? Anybody with me? Okay, all right. If you know about Palm Pilot, you probably also qualify for the senior discount today. So, uh, but but th this is what would happen. Kathy would send me a message or call me, and I would write in my hand, pick up milk, or I'd write a phone number, and then what would I do? I would wash my hands, and what would happen? I would forget. Anybody with me here? Okay. That's never going to happen with our God because what he has done is he's etched, he's inscribed, he's tattooed uh, our names, our faces in his hands. He will never, ever forget you. He loves you. He loves you and won't forget you. Think about it this way. God, he reached down into the fiery furnace with his hand and turned down the temperature for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what did he see when he turned down the temperature? He saw my name. I feel pretty good. When he shut the, the mouth of the lions in the lion's den, when he reached down, he shut the mouth of the lion. What did he see? He saw my name. When Jesus fed the 5,000 out of that picnic basket and he reached into that picnic basket and, and he, he pulled out those loaves and fishes, what did he see? He saw my name. Whenever God reached down and he opened the door to that jail and released Paul and Silas, when he reached down in there, what did he see? He saw my name. When God reached into the tomb, when he rolled that stone away and he reached into that tomb and he raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, he, he picked him up with his hand. What did he see? He saw my name. And he, he raised him up on my purpose and on my cause so that I could spend all eternity with him. And when Jesus walked outside of that tomb and he raised his hand, and he looked up at him. What did he see? He saw our names, and we ought to put our hands together and thank him for that. Because his hand of deliverance, his hand of deliverance has delivered us. His hand of mercy has been shown to us. His hand of love has come all over us. And I simply tell you, folks, we are loved, and our God has not forgotten us. Can you say that with me? God loves me and has not forgotten me. God loves me, and he has not forgotten me. One more thing I want you to hear today, and this is one of the ways that God shows us his love, and it's that we are cared for by the body of Christ. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, walked on the face of the earth. I, I mean, he walked on the face of the earth. And when he encountered somebody that was sick, he would heal them. When he encountered somebody that needed help, he would help them. He loved them, and he was with them. And you know what? He's not on the face of the earth anymore in the flesh like he was, but he's still here, and it's called the body of Christ. That's the church. And he has empowered us and given us the authority to, to, to go and show the love of God to people so that they will know that they are loved and not forgotten. That's why we're doing a thousand acts of kindness. This week there were some school kids that got uniforms and got backpacks and they knew the love of Jesus because we had done something. The body of Christ has worked. This week there's going to be food distributed that will show the love of Jesus. Why? Because the body of Christ does that. That's what we do so that people don't forget. Now this is what I know. I'm going to come out here pick on some of y'all. 
you know what, you can sit in this room, and I, I could sit right here. In fact, last service, there was a young lady sitting right there. She was sitting all by herself, all by her lonesome. You know, you can sit in this room and be lonely, can't you? Anybody ever encountered that? You could sit here and never know that God loves you. And you might even think that he had forgotten you. Think about that for just a minute. We know it happens because I've talked to people occasionally. They sneak in, they sneak out. And they leave here. We, we have a cure for that, and I want to tell you what the cure is. It's called a community group. That's where we show people that God loves them and that he hasn't forgotten them. There are these commands in the Bible. They're kind of interesting. Uh, they, they would be called the one another commands, and, and, and the one another commands are, are kind of interesting. The, the first one that I, I, I have on the screen for you today is, is to be encouraged. You know, when I go to my community group, can I tell you what we do? We encourage each other. We have five couples. We're all in the uh, later stages of life. I'm trying not to say that we're old, okay? <laughs> but we encourage each other. You know, what else we do? We spur one another along. Um, my group, I, I hate to brag about my group, but we do a lot of things to help people. And we spur each other on. Sometimes it costs us money. Sometimes it costs us time. There are other times when we just get down on our knees and pray for each other. Uh, we, being older, you know what? We all have ailments, so we do a lot of praying for each other. We all have families that need prayer. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of that going on. And, and then there's just simply that love. I tell you what, we had some love the other night. We had a dessert you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Anybody in here have the love language of food like me? Uh, amen. All right. Uh, man. Or how about this? This one I don't like so much, but admonish. That means when we get in each other's faces and we remind each other that we're not right. Every single time we have a, a couple of ladies in our group, and I mean, they can quote scripture like you would not believe. Every time I leave, you think, boy, I've got to get into God's word more. They admonish me. Can I just tell you, if you're, if you're here, you can be anonymous in this room. You can be anonymous in this room and nobody would ever know you. But you know what? You will not fully understand the love God has for you until you get in a community group and they love you and they let you know that you're not forgotten. Over the next few weeks, we're simply challenging you to find a community group. John's going to be up in a few minutes and he's going to talk about that. But this is what you need to understand. You are in God's thoughts. You are in God's plan. You are written on his hands. And he's even made a way to let you know that he loves you and has not forgotten you. And so, I remind you of this today. God loves us and he has not forgotten us. Let's proclaim that right now. God loves me and has not forgotten me. We need to say it louder. We need Satan to run when we say that. God loves me, and he has not forgotten me. Think about that. My mom, uh, she, she did this thing. I, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, uh, and uh, the, 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 
I worked in Tallahassee for a lot of years, so I would go home a lot. And every time I went home, there were some things that I knew were going to be there. In the refrigerator at my house uh, where I grew up, my mom would have a bowl of potato salad for me. Amen? Can I get an amen for potato salad? All right. My mom's potato salad was good. Right next to it would be a strawberry pie with a great big old thing of Cool Whip. And, and, and there would already be made up that she was going to put in the oven, and it was going to be macaroni and cheese. And I mean, it, will, whew, it was some good stuff. Um, and you know what that said to me? I love you. I've been looking forward to seeing you. I, I'm excited that you're coming home. Right now in the service, we're going to we're going to have the same thing happen. Jesus has prepared a meal for us. It's his body and his blood. It's a reminder to us. It's a reminder to us that he loves us and he has not forgotten about us. So I'm going to pray. You're going to have a few minutes just to, to get up and get some communion and just to think about the love of God and let that, let that just come over you. We're going to come out of that. It's going to be a children's song. You, you may recognize it. And I'm just going to ask you to say seated. Sing along, though. You, you know the words. Sing along. And then I'm going to come back and challenge you. This is time to spend with Jesus the meal that he's prepared for you that says, I love you. I have for not forgotten you. And I've got something better for you in store. Father, bless us now as we come to meet with you. Remind us. Remind us of your great love. That we might know that you have not forgotten us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at